Neglecting the love of God. Let's talk about it on today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. Good morning, my friends. We're moving on today in Luke chapter 11. We're going to be looking at verses 37 through 44 today. Uh, We're kicking off a uh, two-day session on a section uh, here where Jesus has a confrontation with some Pharisees and experts in the law. And Jesus speaks forth some words of warning to them about things that he has insight on Uh, related to their souls that he could not know if he was not God. Um, And so uh, he uses the phrase, and we'll hear this frequently over the next couple of days, woe to you. And the word woe he's using as a warning. He's saying, take heed, pay attention. Uh, I am warning you that, that there's some distressing news for you based on your attitudes and actions. And uh, these warnings directly confront aspects of their character that Jesus is aware of. Um, We're going to break this into a two-part teaching because it is a rather long section. And rather than rushing through it, it makes more sense to carefully break it down and um, distill uh, the maximum uh, impact and insight that we can from the passage um, anytime Jesus is confronting the Pharisees, I think it's it's something that should perk our ears, uh, the ears of our heart up, um, so that we pay close attention. Um, there's a very great risk for every person, every person who's engaged in a, uh, a faith walk to become a legalist if they're not careful. A lot of people start their journey there. Some people begin and end their journey there, and it never moves toward transform transformed faith, um, sincere, heartfelt faith. Uh, We see places in the scriptures where Jesus confronts and challenges the hardness of their hearts. They're so so hard-hearted because of their religiosity. Uh, They've grown cold to the ways and things of God. They've lost sight of relating to the God that they teach and uh, tell others about. And what a terrible thing when we lose sight of relating to God. Um, God's whole purpose in sending Jesus was uh, to extend the opportunity for uh, humans to relate to him uh, in and through the person of Jesus. Um, And so it's a sad thing when religiosity takes over and true faith, sincere faith, uh, um, gets put to the side. Today uh, we are looking in Luke eleven thirty seven through forty four. But before we get into the specifics, and again, it is a large section of red letter words, and we know that the red letter sections are uh, confidently attributed to the words of Jesus, um, and they have stood the test of time and are still uh, defended as Christ's words and Christ's teachings, and uh, they have stood the test of many thousands of years. And uh, so we, we know that when we read these red letters, we're reading the very words of Jesus. And so that also ought to perk us up and make us listen close. And so uh, let's be uh, prepared uh, for our study by uh, taking some time with the Father. Lord, we love you today, and I thank you for my friends who are listening, uh, taking time out of their week to pause and study your word. 
And I'm grateful for each of them, Lord, and pray your blessings on them today, that they would um, experience the true blessing of joy uh, in their fellowship with you as they commune with you and as they listen to you and follow you. Uh, Lord, would you uh, bring whatever you need to bring through your word today, conviction, um, hope, encouragement. Uh, Perhaps some of us need the same words of warning because our our faith has uh, backslid toward religion or religiosity, and uh, that's not what you want. What you want is an authentic relationship with each of us. And so, Lord, um, we just pray that we would be open to what you want to say today and that we would be receptive to your Spirit's leadings. And we ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Luke eleven thirty-seven through 44. When Jesus had finished speaking, a Pharisee invited him to eat with him. So he went in and reclined at the table. But the Pharisee was surprised when he noticed that Jesus did not first wash before the meal. Then the Lord said to him, Now then, you Pharisees, clean the outside of the cup and dish, but... Inside you're full of greed and wickedness, you foolish people. Did not the one who made the outside make the inside also? But now, as for what is inside you, be generous to the poor, and everything will be clean for you. Woe to you, Pharisees, because you give God a tenth of your mint, rue, and all other kinds of garden herbs, but you neglect justice and the love of God. You should have practiced the latter without leaving the former undone. Woe to you, Pharisees, because you love the most important seats in the synagogues and respectful greetings in the marketplaces. Woe to you, because you are like unmarked graves, which people walk over without knowing it. These are some really hard words of confrontation and and indictment uh, on the character of these men. Uh, Jesus is right in doing so because he's God and he knows their hearts. And they don't think he's God, and they don't think he knows their hearts. But these are direct arrows intended to target uh, the very um, the very places that they're aimed. <laughs> Jesus is right on target here in his words to these people. It's interesting, at the beginning we see that Jesus is entering the home of this Pharisee that's invited him to eat uh, at, his, at his table. And Jesus does not wash himself before the meal, as would be the custom for any law-abiding Jew. And I suspect that he did that on purpose because he wanted to see the reaction of this person to Jesus choosing to enter a meal without cleaning himself. Or maybe he just forgot because he was busy that day and he was hungry. Um, And so uh, he could see the Pharisee was surprised and that he noticed. And Jesus confronts the attitude of his heart and he says, You know, it's real interesting to me, guys. You're so concerned about cleaning up the outside, but the corruption on the inside is something that you choose to ignore. You're full of greed and wickedness. (laughs) You're foolish. Didn't God, who made the outside, also make the inside? Why don't you care about your soul? Why don't you care about your spirit? You're so worried about the presentation on the outside, the persona, the way that you're perceived by others uh, while neglecting your hearts. Uh, he says, I can tell you what would make you clean on the inside would be to be generous to the poor, something that they were likely unwilling to do. He says, woe to you, warning to you, take heed, because you give God a tenth of your garden herbs, 
but you neglect justice and the love of God. And he's confronting them here. He's like, you give these pittances to God out of your abundance and you think you're so good and you're so proud of yourselves and you celebrate yourselves and and you cheer on your obedience to the to the to the law uh, which is not even true obedience because uh, giving out of their garden herbs was a far cry from what the law would require of them and he says you neglect justice you can look at the poor and the disenfranchised all around you and do nothing about it you neglect the love of god you fail to express the love of god because you're so caught up in your law abiding uh, in your doing of uh, your do-gooding, uh, keeping to the letter of the law while not uh, being moved in your hearts to care for the needs of the people around you, your lack of expression of the love of God and your lack of expression of justice say all that I need to know about you. You've practiced the latter, giving out of your, uh, giving God a pittance out of your abundance, with uh, without con- being concerned at all uh, with the former. And so um, uh, he says you should have practiced the latter, uh, the love of God and the justice of God, while leaving the former undone. He's basically saying giving your uh, pittances to God means nothing, uh, but practicing in an active and sincere way the justice and love of God is what's most important. Then he comes with another warning. He says, Uh, because you love to be celebrated by the world, you love the most important seats in the synagogue and being respectfully greeted in the marketplace. Uh, Take heed. That is not (laughs) the way of the kingdom. This is the same Jesus who taught his disciples that the way up is down, that to be greatest in his kingdom is to be least of all. And then he warns them with this final word in today's passage, woe to you, because you're un, like unmarked graves, which people will walk over without noticing. He's saying, ultimately, your legacy is nothing. You're going to be buried in the ground someday, and people will not even take notice of your grave because you have lived an unremarkable life. You've lived a life so self-absorbed and so focused on self and so conceited that when you're in the ground, you will be forgotten. There will be no legacy left behind because you helped no one. You cared for no one but yourself. You positioned only yourself for greatness, and you ignored the needs of others. You will not be celebrated when you're gone. You will be buried and forgotten. That is a hard word. And I wonder how these men felt as Jesus spoke these words to them that day. And I wonder if there's some things in our lives that Jesus would confront with some woe to you statements if we had the opportunity to have him over for a meal. I would hope that he would see that despite our shortcomings and despite our sometimes lack of faith, I would hope that he would see sincere hearts that truly do love him, that truly are on the lookout for ways that we can express his love in the world, that truly do care about the situation of the poor and the impoverished, In the best way that we can, we seek to express and take a stand for justice in the world. Maybe even in small ways, but those small stands mean a lot in the grand scheme of things. My hope would be that Jesus would would see that we are um, uh, striving uh, after him, uh, that we are sincerely surrendered to him, 
and that our hearts more and more each day are looking like him as his Holy Spirit is at work transforming us. The goal of our walk with him should be ever-increasing Christ-likeness. But perhaps these words of warning awaken us to some places where we've allowed legalism to slip into our experience and expression of faith. And if that's the case, it's my prayer that that conviction would bring confession and that confession would bring surrender and that surrender uh, would keep us on a sincere path with Jesus that leads to us growing uh, to be more like him. All right, my friends, God bless you today. I hope that as you set out about your day, you will see evidences of his hand at work and you'll meet him in those places that he calls you uh, to express his love and justice and grace. God bless. Thanks for listening.